Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. How the big boys on Wall Street are ruining America. We'll tell you what happened to a family-owned construction company in Boston. Today on the show, the latest from the Communication Workers of America and the Michigan State Employees Association. Welcome to the Tuesday, January 10th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with one of our longtime regulars, Mr. Frank Matthews, Administrative Director for the Communication Workers of America National Website, cwa-union.org. Frank serves as Administrative Director for District 4, which includes five states in the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin and Michigan. First thing we're going to talk about is organizing. We're seeing a whole lot of organizing. Well, a lot of it happened last year. It's continuing into the new year. I just talked about this story a couple of days ago involving Zenimax Workers United, a super majority of quality assurance workers at Zenimax, which is owned by Microsoft Studios, indicated they want to join the CWA, either by signing a union authorization card or voting via an online portal. And this is all in accordance with its stated labor principles. And Microsoft, believe it or not, has recognized the union. They said, okay, if you want a union, go for it. If you don't want a union, that's okay too. They probably prefer the latter, but bottom line is they are organizing it's called a neutrality agreement when you let workers do what they want to do i think you'll see a lot of them go in union especially today then you have the union busters that's a whole nother story but uh, this is the first union at microsoft and we're seeing a lot in the game workers industry and that's exactly what uh, frank is going to talk about the other story is the vacancy on the Federal Communications Commission, which is uh, which should not be happening. Let me put it that way. And uh, right posted on the CWA-Union website, there's a comment from Chris Sheldon, who is the president of the CWA. He said, we are in a critical period of increased federal investment in broadband networks and digital equity initiatives. And the FCC has gone for too long without a fully seated commission. Continued delay on this nomination is inexcusable and only benefits large corporations who wish to avoid oversight and accountability. Now, President Biden has a nominee. That nominee is Gigi Sohn, who has over 30 years of experience working on communications policy. Chris says her meaningful leadership Dedication and contributions cannot be overstated, as she has been instrumental in the success of many FCC programs, including the issues of affordability. That's a big one right now. Competition, 
open internet modernization of the so-called lifeline program and adoption of strong privacy rules for broadband providers. And keep in mind, with the uh, Bipartisan Infrastructure and Jobs Act, there's a lot of money, I believe up to uh, 60, $65 billion going into broadband. Don't you think this would be the time that you want somebody on the FCC to complete the commission right now? There is a lack of leadership on the FCC and corporations like that. So uh, Frank will be our first interview later in the show. Keith Lounsbury will be joining us from the Michigan State Employees Association, which is affiliated with the American State County and Municipal Employees. And Keith is a 35-year state employee. All the time he worked in the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, jobs like wildlife assistant, farmer, parks, recreation officer, park ranger, forest fire. He uh, currently serves as a park ranger in heavy maintenance at various facilities, mainly in the uh, northwestern lower peninsula. Been a career-long union member, but he did not get involved in his union until about 10 years ago. He decided to become a local steward, then a chief steward, was elected to the Department of Natural Resources as a spokesperson. That was in 2017. And he was recently elected president of the Michigan State Employees Association. Website is msea.org. We'll talk about uh, gaining member participation, organizing. And uh, one of the problems, especially in the public sector, is the wide range of classifications. Every job has a certain classification. And this is what you start at, and this is what you'll make as max in that classification. That's been going on for years. We'll talk about uh, bargaining and uh, the Michigan Civil Service Commission and the regulations that uh, they have to deal with. So uh, Keith Lounsbury will be joining us later in the show from Michigan. What's happening in our world of labor? Let's find out this segment on America's Workforce brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. Well, you have heard me talk about how Wall Street over the years has pretty much hollowed out the middle class. And we've seen it across all industries. I mean, I've seen it In broadcasting, there used to be mom-and-pop broadcasting stations. That doesn't exist hardly today, maybe in very, very small markets. We've seen it in the newspaper industry, where these uh, hedge funds have gobbled up publications, slashed the workforce, and as a result, a lot of news is not being recorded. Hardware industry. Remember, remember all the hardware stores in America. Now you got the big box stores, the Lowe's, the Home Depots. The housing market has been. I mean, every every business in America has, in some way, been touched by Wall Street. And the bottom line, it really isn't good for workers. Here's the latest story out of Boston: Feeney Brothers. Feeney Brothers was a family-owned construction company in the Boston area up until about a decade ago, 2012, when it was bought out by a private equity fund. Well, guess what? 
Since then, workers have seen an increase in job hazards, bad enough that one worker lost his arm. The company, while they've been fined under both federal and state law for Occupational Safety and Health Administration violations or other laws a number of times. Well, the construction workers said they've had enough at Feeney Brothers and they decided it was time to organize. So they began working with LIUNA, Labor's International Union of North America. In fact, I believe it's the same local 223 that Marty Walsh started at when he was 18 years old. And of course, Marty Walsh is now our labor secretary. Well, union organizers observed and documented the unsafe conditions that not only endangered workers, but the public as well. Got a comment here from Scott Gustafson, who's a regional organizing director with LIUNA. Scott says these conditions include uncontrolled dust, equipment left in an unsafe condition for the public at the end of the day, Improper flagging of a project. There's a fluid leak from a vehicle. A shattered vehicle windshield. Pipes left directly on the ground. And lack of environmental controls for water runoff. Can you believe that? Well, the injury where the individual lost his arm. The injury, says Scott, occurred in a trench for an underground natural gas line, which is very hazardous for any building trades workers. And he says there's a long list of other labor law violations at Feeney, including job safety hazards, wage theft, labor law breaking against the organizing drive. In fact, he says we'd like to organize the whole gas industry. Many of the workers there are not trained, and they're digging trenches for gas lines. And the bottom line is this. The utilities are making a fortune using bottom-of-the-barrel contractors. As a result, taxpayers wind up subsidizing exploitation. Many of the workers at Feeney, get this, they're paid so poorly, they live in public housing because that's all they can afford. And they have to go on public health plans state-run health systems, again, again, costing taxpayers money. And the company, apparently, to Scott Gustafson, they're making about $100 million a year. That's what's going on right now. About 1,700 people work for Feeney, making them one of the largest players in the local construction industry. A victory, an organizing win at Feeney would not only help the company's workers, but would set a standard for other companies to follow. Just want to let you know, we are tracking this story. We're going to try to get Scott and more other members of the local on the show to talk more about this. But this is something that should not be happening in America. No, not now. It probably happens, yes, 50, 100 years ago, but not today. Come on, making a whole lot of money and screwing over workers. Workers at the Frito-Lay Company in Puerto Rico have ratified a new contract with the machinists. This would be local uh, 2725. That includes uh, salary increases, improved benefits, better working conditions. Members of the local are employed as merchandisers for Frito-Lay. Comment here from Ricky Wallace, who serves as a vice president with the machinist Southern Territory Division. We are proud 
of the IAM members at Frito-Lay for standing together to improve everyone's future. This contract will serve as a footprint to set higher standards for workers in the industry everywhere. Baristas, key holders, and restockers at Seven Stars Bakery locations. This would be in Providence, Rhode Island, and Cranston, Rhode Island, have voted unanimously to approve their first contract. The workers secured the new agreement after three months of bargaining and are represented by the Food and Commercial Workers. This would be Local 328. The new contract is the first of its kind for retail workers in the state. It includes immediate wage increases for all employees, future pay increases, improvements to vacation and holiday premium benefits, increased retirement contributions, improved grievance procedures, and other improvements. <laughs> That's pretty good. They, they got it all. Of course it's going to be unanimous, right? Got a comment here from uh, Charlie Saperstein. Charlie's a barista at one of the locations, and he said, this contract victory shows above all else that workers have power. We have a real stake in this company, and we are glad that we'll be recognized in our new contract. I am so proud of all my coworkers for sticking together through the whole process. Here's to a better seven stars. Good for him. Good for him and good for all the workers there. All right, we're going to take a quick break now. Frank Matthews on behalf of the Communication Workers of America coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The United Auto Workers are one of the largest and most diverse unions in North America, with members in virtually every sector of the economy. Learn more about this proud sponsor of our program at UAW.org. The United Steelworkers of America represent over 70,000 workers in the state of Ohio. Steelworker members enjoy the benefits of some of the best contracts of any workers in the world. Many of your friends, neighbors, and relatives are members of one of the most effective Democratic unions in our country. With the pressures unorganized workers are under in today's economy, you need to join them. So call the Steelworkers Organizing Office at 216-292-5683 or toll-free at 1-800-443-3752. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBalladSystems.com to learn more. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. Before we get to uh, Frank Matthews, I just want to mention that uh, tomorrow, the Association of Flight Attendants, which is affiliated with the Communication Workers of America, AFA-CWA, 
is participating in Wear Blue Day. In fact, that's their hashtag. Hashtag is Wear Blue Day. This is to help raise awareness about human trafficking. January is Human Trafficking Month. So the flight attendants is joining with the Department of Homeland Security on the blue campaign, which seeks to end human trafficking around the world. January 11th is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And the Department of Homeland Security, along with the flight attendants and others, are sharing information that educates the public about the problem and what can be done to reduce and hopefully eliminate human trafficking. You can learn more by uh, calling this number, and uh, you can actually report suspected human trafficking to federal law enforcement by calling this number. It's a toll-free number, 866-347-2423, 866-347-2423. Just Google the uh, Wear Blue Day, and I think you'll find a lot of information there, but that's the hashtag. So congratulations to the Association of Flight Attendants for uh, for calling attention to this. And, you know, the flight attendants see all kind of shenanigans. And I'm sure many of them over the years have reported cases of human trafficking. So uh, let's salute them and let's put an end to this craziness that's going on, not just in America, but around the world. All right, let's go to uh, line number one. And welcome our longtime regular, also a sponsor that would be the Communication Workers of America, Frank Matthews, who heads the Division Four Administrative District Four, which includes five states in the Midwest. Frank Matthews, Happy New Year to you! How was your holiday, my brother? It was very good. It was very good. Yours? Good, 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 good. Boy, they come and go, and here we are with the new year. And the good <laughs> thing about the new year, the organizing is continuing from 2022. Uh, you and I have talked about uh, the game workers, and we're seeing, what was it, Activision, and now, it's, I never thought, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Microsoft, a union in Microsoft, you know, this is a great day, Frank, I mean, think about that, I never thought I'd be on this show talking about a union in Microsoft, talk to me about this. Well, yeah, they, um, uh, Microsoft and we've spoke about this a couple of times has you know is in the process of purchasing Activision Blizzard and um they agreed to remain neutral on uh any um you know uh organizing that we would do there um a partnership it's incredible um you know and um and and uh, as as expected a lot of Microsoft's competitors are are actually uh you know trying to fight this because they you know of course they don't want to, they don't want Microsoft to to gain any sort of advantage over them but sure. instead of them doing the right thing also and um and and encouraging this kind of thing like Microsoft is or or not standing in the way for lack of a better term uh they're just going to say Microsoft being a good union employer or, or or a neutral partner with unions <laughs> isn't right you know it's it's kind of comical but um actually this uh, group of workers at Pro- proletariat um are actually the third work of activision just recently um at the end of december there they were the third group of activision blizzard workers to form um a union with the communication workers of america 
um, they, they call themselves the Pro- Blizzard's Pro- Proletariat Studio, and they have filed for union representation also. A supermajority there has um, has applied, uh, which is really great. You know, I mean, we've talked about it. Um, we really saw during the, the COVID crisis when it was at its peak here in the United States, and basically employers were coming in um, daily to, to factories, uh, to, to work groups, and basically, you know, seeing, basically leveling their books or, 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 putting all the brunt of the crisis on the workers' backs and, you know, laying people off with no notice, um, forcing folks to do uh, this, but not, you know, our biggest thing was, well, wait a second, they're balancing and they're they're trying to solve their problems with COVID on the backs of the workers, but management's not, not thrown in any skin the game or, you know, we see all these, basically their statement was, we see all these union shops and union employers and union businesses that their folks are working out a way to get through this crisis. Um, you know, there were times when, when, when in some businesses we had to go in and do a four day work week, but, uh, you know, it was a, we were in the middle of a crisis and that was something that was worked out between the company and the union. And people saw that from the outside that, Hey, you know what? If I have a union, I really have a voice to workplace. So that's where it really started snowballing. I mean, we were getting calls daily through the crisis. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. Um, we recently here in the district had Noble Knights games um, up in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. They're actually the largest, and I know it's not the gaming, but it is gaming. It's the they're the actually the um, the largest brick-and-mortar board game retailer uh, and the largest online retailer of games in the country. And they're based out of Fitchburg, Wisconsin, um, which is a suburb of uh, Madison. And they will join fellow members at Raven Software uh, here in the district. Um, they, um, They won voluntary recognition on December 1st. Uh, in a unit of 60 members. Um, initially, they were requested and were denied recognition um, when they, you know, when they filed an NLRB petition with over 70 percent of uh, of the employees uh, signing cards around Halloween. Um, they went through the the usual, the company hiring uh, two separate anti-union law firms. And, you know, we've all heard that story before, the closed-door meetings. Um, but they received enormous support and backlash from the community there and the gaming industry. And um, so the uh, the company finally responded to the second offer for voluntary recognition and did the right thing. And by that time, they were up to about 75% of the members signing cards. So... You know, their uh, their election was actually scheduled for December 8th, but it was canceled because the company, uh, seeing the writing on the wall, uh, agreed to the voluntary recognition. So a lot of great things are happening. There's a lot of positivities, and really we've discussed it, um, the, the, the thought of unions. Most people out there, over 70% of people said if they had the opportunity to join a union, they would, and 
and unions are thought of in a positive light by over 70% of the people in this country, and that's the highest it's been, I would say, probably since the Depression. You know, Frank, over the years, I've been slamming corporations, especially ones like Amazon and uh, FedEx. I could throw them in there as well. But there's so many companies that spend millions of dollars fighting unions. And I have to take time here to to congratulate and salute Microsoft. In fact, I'm going to read a statement from your president, Chris Shelton, which is posted on the national website, cwa-union.org. Microsoft has lived up to its commitment to its workers and let them decide for themselves whether they want a union. Other video game and tech giants have made a conscious choice to attack, undermine, and demoralize their own employees when they join together to form a union. Microsoft is charting a different course, which will strengthen its corporate culture and ability to serve its customers and should serve as a model for the industry and as a blueprint for regulators. I mean, Frank, did you ever wonder how many people would be in a union today? What is it with the AFL-CIO? It's like 12 and a half million. Yep. If you had more companies like Microsoft out there that would remain neutral in an organizing drive, did you ever ever ponder that? Yeah, it's, I mean these companies. Uh, it's they spend millions, and, and to 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 fight a union, um, and like we discussed there a few seconds ago, the bring in the anti-union attorneys and 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 challenge everything, and, uh, and it just causes bad will and it's a bad look. Um, it does nothing for employee lo- employee loyalty, and um, when. If they had that much money to spend on an anti-union fight, if they would have given a quarter of that to their to their employees and and in a thank you and a show of appreciation and and working with with employees, you know the 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 loyalty, the employee loyalty, and that and that kind of thing, it would be priceless to them. But you know, I I, I think people are seeing. That and I think I I use this term a lot. Corporate America left up to their own decisions without, um, you know, will always pick uh, the dollar and would ha- will have no conscience. You actually have to challenge corporate America because at the end of the day, I mean, look look at a lot of the the COVID money that corporate America took and and spent on stock buybacks instead of spending it on maintaining employment of, of their current uh, employees or or benefits for their employees or updating their plants. No, they took it and they spent it on stock buybacks, uh, CEO bonuses, and that did nothing but help their Wall Street um, stockholders. And, you know, they're... I know this is a whole other show, but, you know, constantly you hear on these shows, well, the stock market's doing this and the stock market's doing that. Well, I know it's not doing real, real marvelous right now, but very few employees out there, um, you know, you really can't judge how an employee or how how our economy's doing by how some stockholder is doing. 
and that's what these corporations falsely think. If, if our CEOs are doing great and our stockholders are making dividend after dividend, everything must be great. Well, no, that stuff no longer trickles down and filters down to the, to the workers in the plant and on the shop floor. And that's what corporations need to start remembering. And, and uh, maybe, uh, maybe Microsoft just figured it out, and let's hope a few more come right along with them. I hear you, brother. Frank Matthews joining us in our live line, administrative director for CWA District 4, cwa-union.org, the national website. Later in the show, we're going to check in with the Michigan State Employees Association. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's liuna.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. Buildings bridges, skyscrapers, and more. Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Ironworkers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 ironworkers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union ironworkers. There are so many reasons to put your trust in our ironworkers and their employers. Learn more about us at ironworkers.org. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. When you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis. And... Give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings. And if you like a show, share that show. We count all the downloads or sponsors like that. We want to bring more sponsors, more guests to America's workforce as we uh, celebrate 30 years. We started broadcasting in 1993, and then the podcasting will be three years this coming June. AWFpodcast.com if you miss a show. Right now, let's go back to our live line with Frank Matthews. This is a segment we do each and every month with the Communication Workers of America. All right, Frank, what's going on here? We, uh, we have uh, President Biden in office for two years, and I know there's a couple of vacancies in, uh, in judgeships. I mean, that's, that's pretty typical and, and just a stalling technique. And yep. we have a Federal Communications Commission that is missing a commissioner what's this what's the story here frank oh yeah it's it's you know we we've got this cadillac of an infrastructure bill in place to rebuild this country 
and uh, you know the, the the big part of that is our our broadband infrastructure and our communications infrastructure in this country and you know we're sitting there without one of our FCC commissioners and um, we just uh, you know like I said we're we're urging swift nomination and our swift a swift vote because she's already been nominated but for Gigi Sohn as commissioner um, you know this is such a critical period, and like I said, the FCC has gone for too long, and it's just a de- delay after delay. So, um, you know, this is somebody who has 30 years of experience in the in communication policy in D.C., and um, she actually was one of the. And this will tell you a lot about her. She, she was um, uh, actually has um, over. Um, uh, you know, she was uh, was one of the key allies in um, in fighting and and making sure that when the T-Mobile Sprint merger was going through, that employees were were protected. You know, so um, that's you know we've got an employee, a highly qualified nominee um, who has you know the voice, the experience, and to know that. When these mergers and when you're talking about communications companies, you're also talking about people and employees, and it's exactly what we need. And, um, you know, needless to say, the some of the crummy tactics by the minority in the Senate, uh, the Republicans who are beholden to the industry and not the industry and employees as a whole, you know, there has to be a comfortable balance. And um, and and we believe that uh, Gigi Sohn is 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 that person. So uh, anybody out there, if you if you could certainly call your your member of the U.S. Senate and encourage. We don't have an eight 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 line set up yet, but encourage your your member in the Senate, regardless of party, that hey, let's let's get past this and let's 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 fill this FCC commission and let's get going. And that's the person, Gigi Sohn. Frank, this is kind of baffling because, in fact, right on your uh, national website, cwa-union.org, I'm I'm looking at her, pretty much her her background, 30 years of experience working on communications policy, meaningful leadership, dedication, contributions cannot be overstated, instrumental in the success of many FCC programs. We're talking affordability which you and I have addressed over the years because uh, you, you've got a lot of services out there that so many people cannot afford. We want affordability right. when it comes to Internet service. Competition. we got to have competition. That breeds affordability. Uh, what's the problem here? That, that's my question. I mean, if she's got all the credentials, what seems to be uh, stalling this right now, Frank? Uh, the fact that, that she's not the darling of corporate America and that, uh, you know, we've got the GOP on the other side that are using some tactics right now to, to, that'll hopefully get watered down and, and we'll be able to get past them and, and put a little pressure on, on everyone to bring her on. I mean, you talk about experience. I mean, clear back in 2013, Tom Wheeler hired her into the senior staff position right there at the FCC, where she would be the perfect commissioner now. She did leave after uh, Donald Trump was elected and uh, left the FCC. And uh, now hopefully she'll get reinstated here. That's just it. We need to, we need to realize that we need, um, uh, that enough's enough, that we need a vote on this person. 
And, um, you know, if we get to a vote, she'll win, um, you know, but uh, it's getting to that vote. And here's a person that is is unbelievably qualified, uh, a great track record of not only looking out for corporations, but looking out for employees. And maybe that's maybe that's it in a nutshell. Corporate America, they're all for the, the, the politician that worries only about them, but you know, you got to also worry about everything, a well-rounded um, uh, telecommunications policy. And, and certainly in this country, with as big as broadband and the build-out is going to be, uh, the employees and, 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 and such are, are an equally important part of this process. Frank, if you don't mind, let's pick up on broadband here. It is the fact that this nomination is being stalled, is that screwing up? The implementation of broadband in America? I mean, it, it's law. It's law. But, again, you got to implement the law. Is yeah, this part I, of the problem? No, I, I, I think it's, it's aggravating, but I, I think if it gets resolved, it, we won't be missing a beat here. I mean, the process for the broadband and the infrastructure money is, is I mean, it, it, President Biden has been very thorough in making sure that these states – and this money gets implemented correctly. And, you know, it, it's not just this money. It's going to be the money to follow. And the process is where, um, you know, states had until, I believe, last August to come up with a plan. Now they've got some benchmarks they have to hit with, with committees in place and with a plan, a, 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 a plan on this year sometime because they have to factor into account um, where the broadband money is going to be spent. Uh, you know, President Biden has has said, and, and in the law, is that this money has to first go to unserved, then underserved communities. So, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the FCC coverage maps just came out about a few weeks back that then the states take and they look at and they say, okay, um, let's do it for an example. Um, uh, Gallopolis, Ohio is underserved. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's one of the areas that we want to hit with Um, Plainfield, Ohio is underserved, is unserved that, you know, using that as an example, not that those two towns hit that, that example, but then the state formulates a plan which they turn in back to the uh, federal government. And once that's approved, you know, the states at a minimum got $100 million. Many states are going to receive much, much more because they, um, they're careful planning and they just realize what an opportunity this is. And so, you know, it's uh, President Biden went as far as each one of the states also even have to um, have to consult and bring in labor for our opinion on their plan, which is unheard of. I mean, we, we talk all the time about how President Biden is the most labor-friendly president we've seen since, you know, probably FDR, but uh, it's true. Uh, as part of even this massive infrastructure plan, he said, you know, we're going to give these states all this money to build out, but we also want as part of their plan, and they have to prove that they've consulted labor on what they've done. So the process is probably the money's going to start hitting next year or in 2025. So, 
getting this this is not to answer your question i don't think this is holding it up at this point it's not helping but as far as getting in the way as long as we take care of that take care of this nomination soon um we'll be right on track and uh i'm excited um you know we're running our our fiber uh fiber first uh drive to where we realize that everywhere in the country can't um can't use fiber right now but fiber optic cable is the long-term solution to this uh to the broadband solution in in america and that's another show but fiber is unlimited there's we've never found a a scientific or a broadband streaming um uh limitation to fiber whereas whereas wireless and coax and and copper cable all have limitations and and are not the future um you know we want a broadband system in this country that is infinite that 10 years from now we don't have to rebuild and that and we want it built by high road labor and when i say high road labor that's just you know that's not union labor we although that's the perfect scenario for us right we just want all this money that comes into these states for them not to let these fly-by-night companies do it and and actually make safety standards osha standards um uh, that kind of thing is part of their bid process. And if they do that, then the high road companies, which are mostly union, will, you know, see their share of business. And, and then that money stays in the community. It's not just somebody from Montana that came through here in a trailer and, and used a shovel to dig some cable. And now next week they're back there putting in sewers. So, uh, you know, it's a good good bit of money. It should stay in the communities where it could be sent out to the gas stations and the hardware stores, and it's um, that's that's what we're about. So, no, I think we're on track, but uh, we are really pushing for a fiber, that fiber is the solution, and high-road employers are the only choice that should be made. All right, Frank, I'm going to leave it on that note. If you go to the website, cwa-union.org, you can read about the CWA's support of the nomination of Gigi Sohn as commissioner at the FCC, that and more. Frank, you take care, my brother. We'll talk to you in a month, okay? Take care. All right, quick break. Keith Lounsbury is with the Michigan State Employees Association, and he is coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. 
The AFL-CIO is a proud sponsor of America's Workforce Radio. United by efforts to raise wages, listeners to this show and workers all across America are beginning to turn a corner and drive the economic debate. The AFL-CIO is comprised of 12.5 million working people, but we stand with and fight for everyone who is working for a better life. For more information about our Raising Wages agenda, go to AFLCIO.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And, of course, you can check us out on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, where you can find more at ulagency.org. Let's go to Lansing, Michigan right now. Joining us on line number two is Mr. Keith Lounsbury. Keith was recently elected president of the Michigan State Employees Association. Website, real simple, MSEA. Dot O-R-G, and they are affiliated with the National Union, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Keith is a 35-year state employee, and he didn't get involved in his union until about a decade ago. So it was a different career path. Hey, uh, Keith, welcome to America's Workforce. How's, how's everything in Lansing, Michigan today? Well, as they say, it's another day in paradise, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've heard that many, many times. So uh, talk to me about your path. You uh, And you currently are a park ranger, correct? Uh, correct. I am a park ranger for the Department of Natural Resources. Um, I, I kind of work in a sideline uh, program. Uh, I'm more heavily involved in construction and maintenance now than the typical park ranger duty, if you will. Um, uh, kind of branched into that uh, a little over a decade ago. Okay. What made you decide to uh, get involved in the Michigan uh, Department of Natural Resources? I mean, that's uh, you like working outdoors? What's what's the story there? Yes, uh, I'd like to like to work outdoors, like to hunt and fish. I considered becoming a Michigan conservation officer, but uh, if you like to hunt and fish, you probably don't, um, you know, not going to have a lot of time to hunt and fish. You're going to be uh, working when... Uh, when when you'd like to be recreating so talk to me about getting involved in the union what what made you decide to uh become an elected officer let's start right there well um i've seen a need for some change in uh within our union um that uh, that's kind of what brought me forward uh there, there's the old uh style union the old mentality and uh i think it's time that we've uh kind of reach out uh into a non-partisan way of uh, doing business and uh, so far uh, we're having some mild success with that well that's good and you were elected president i see in september of 2022 uh how's it been serving as president i know it's only a couple of months but uh, obviously you got you got a lot under under your watch right now (laughs) well it it, it's certainly um it's been enlightening um I, i i like to describe it kind of like herding cats um, I, I represent 22 state departments with over 100 different classifications, um, and it's uh, it's somewhat difficult to uh, switch gears, uh, you know, by the minute uh, when you're dealing with different departments and different classifications. So yeah, that's been a little bit of a struggle, but uh, we're I'm, I'm managing, I think, fairly well. You know, if you don't mind, let, let's elaborate on that a little bit, because I, too, work in, in public service. Uh, my day job, I work in the court system in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and I am very aware of classifications, which is very common 
in public service. There's a certain, you know, classification. This is what you're going to start with. And this is the most you're going to make. And then if you want to make more, you got to get into a different classification. Is that kind of, um, I don't know, that sounds, that's a simplistic answer for what's going on. But that's pretty much been in place for a long time. Is it time for some change on that? What, what's your take on that, that system? Well, I, I, I think the system is, um, is fairly accurate. Um, uh, you know, it, it fairly represents people. The, the 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 dilemma comes uh you know as a union president would be for instance i represent uh, when i say a classification i i'm saying uh, the actual job i represent everything from uh michigan conservation officers attorney general investigators uh state police uh department of transportation officers uh down to any kind of uh maintenance type uh um labor um so you know there's a hundred different job classification slash uh, descriptions out yeah. there uh, within our union. And it makes it very difficult in that universe to, uh, uh, or to universally negotiate a contract for all of those said parties. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot there to deal with, and, and it's very uh, cumbersome. I, I could imagine. Yeah, contract talk's got to be really, really interesting. Anything coming up here contract-wise that you want to call attention to, Keith? Uh, actually, this summer, yes, uh, we are reopening um, for our third year of our contract uh, for wages, um, which, as we all know, inflation has uh, gone through the roof here. Um, so we're going to be attempting to, uh, you know, try to catch up with that. We're actually working with the Coalition of State Employee Unions, uh, which is uh, all of the state unions uh, that represent Michigan. Uh, for for public se- sector here, uh, we have uh, you know uh, SEIU uh, UAW has some uh, folks, uh, Michigan Corrections officers. Um, so we're trying to move forward in a a coalition style. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to meet some success with that. You know, Michigan went right to work some years ago. Now, did did that have any effect on you in the public sector, or were you kind of uh, out of that category? Uh, absolutely, it, uh, it it's had a had an effect. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm sure uh, everybody nationally is dealing with the Freedom Foundation. Uh, uh, we are receiving a lot of uh, letters to our membership. Um, you know, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, uh, trying to encourage people that uh, you know, hey, that extra money out of your paycheck could be you know gifts for your kids this year and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, so you. Absolutely right to work has had a huge effect. Um, I think with the recent election for state offices, uh, Michigan now having a super majority, uh, we may see some change. There's more labor friendly and uh, perhaps setting back right to work. Uh, however, with public sector employees, as we uh, I'm sure we're all aware, the, the Janus de- decision from a few years ago, um, you know, is still going to, prohibit kind of a closed shop situation so in the public sector anyhow in michigan uh, not i should say not just michigan but everywhere due to janice um we're, we're kind of uh that, that's a forever realm i think for us yeah 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 that's affected many many unions to uh to try to navigate and and it, it has increased membership in some parts so that being said how are we doing with organizing how many members right now in the michigan state employees association keith 
Well, our, our potential universe is uh, around 6,500. Uh, I currently believe we are uh, teeter-tottering around 3,500 members. Um, that goes up and down depending on, uh, uh, for lack of better terms, politics. Uh, goes up and down due to, uh, um, you know, the Freedom Foundation. We have to put a lot of efforts into calling folks and explaining exactly what it is that their union is doing for them and trying to get them uh, involved in their union. A lot of folks um, seem to think unions are, for lack of a better term, kind of like a tire shop. You know, you pay your dues, you go in, you get your tires, and you pull back out with your with your expected results. As we all know with unions, um, involvement is the is the number one key. And uh, we're we're working trying to get people pulled in to see the value of their union and their participation. Um, without their participation, um, you know, as, as they say, a union's only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah, yeah. You're a good example of that and how you got involved and now you're president. Um, yes. Any goals in mind here for the new year uh, the, as far as growing membership? What's your, uh, what's your take on that? Well, um, some things we've already done uh, is uh, we've kind of – Put in a, uh, we put in a couple different uh, divisions of our union that used to just be kind of one big lump sum. Um, we've created a public safety division, which is representing the safety and regulatory unit of, of our uh, of our union. Um, you know that allows them to focus more so uh, within their realm of employment. We've also created a labor and trades unit. Um, both of those have uh, new directors. Um, that, that were elected uh, uh, back in September, and um, you know they're, we're, look, we're we're trying to work legislatively to uh, to improve uh, our, our our work for folks. There you um, go. Well, communication is key. It sounds like you're on the right track. Let's let's keep in touch on this issue throughout the year. I mean, you you got a lot of like you said a lot of different classifications. Uh, it sounds like you got a lot of fire in your belly. You want to make some changes. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Okay, my brother. Uh, absolutely, sir. Okay, Keith Lounsbury, president of the Michigan State Employees Association, and uh, he's based in Lansing, Michigan. M S E A dot org is their website. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, I'm going to check in with the United Electrical Workers and the operating engineers in the state of Georgia. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.